episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater of the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2021 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. This year, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to GlamAwards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be able to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell the jury of Castaways, the entire production staff, and Jeff Probst. Vote now before the voting windows closes. And I repeat, tell everyone. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. The four has been dropped and the one has begun. Or has it? Survivor 41, strangest combo finalist ever, has concluded and the Canadian bested the Yanks. So did the right person win? And how the hell did we get there? It's time to break it all down with my extra special panel, Dan, Billy, and Chad, also known as Swinky Boots. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, how is everyone? Good, getting by like great now that the the world is re-shutting down for right the nightlife all of that L- fun good stuff listen um, if my birthday is fucked up again this year i'm going to lose it because i hit the milestone again this year and i'm not going to lose my milestone birthday again well your birthday is right before mine so i'm like if you make it to yours and get to do yours i should be able to do mine yeah. <laughs> so listen and it's your I- birthday my birthday is January 20th. Last year, no one gave a shit about me because of, you know, the other thing that happened on January 20th. Um, so this year, I, I, it's my company birthday. I deserve to have an amazing birthday. Right, right. I would like Living to even see that show. I would like to see that show on my birthday, but we'll see if I can even tickets for it. Um, if not, <laughs> I want a massive surprise party. So listeners, someone throw me a <laughs> fucking surprise party for my 35th, just like Bobby did uh, in company. Yes. I'm sure someone can uh, make it happen. But um, so uh, a, a little birdie told me uh, um, we have some celebrities in the panel tonight. We have a reunion of our own. It's true. It's a li- I, I haven't seen Billy in months, really. <laughs> it's been a while. Since our, since our stint on Survivor Angelica together. Now, for the oh, listeners boy, who don't know, now. for the listeners who don't know, what is Survivor Angelica? Billy, I'll let you take that one. So Survivor Angelica is a live reality game and it's a Survivor game and it was filmed just outside of Rochester area in Angelica, New York. And it was last August and Chad and I were on it together. And the episodes are releasing now every Thursday. Episode four just dropped this past Thursday. And it was a spicy one, so I definitely recommend tuning in. Now, I, I well, obviously we don't want to spoil anything, um, but the two of you seem like you're on good terms, so there was no feud, right? Guess we'll have to watch and see. Uh-oh, all right, all right. <laughs> I was like, we can bury gameplay and be friends outside of the game. We know how to do that, so uh-huh, it's not uh-huh. a thing. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask one last question about Angelica: Pickles or Houston? 
Mm, uh, <laughs> oh, see, I've worked with Angelica Houston, so I have to say Houston. Fair. All right, all right, all right. Well, Thursdays, keep watching, and, and maybe one of these two will win. We'll see, right? We shall see. All right. Well, um, also, for those who have not done it yet, the Block Talk Drag Race End of the Year Awards link is open. You now can vote for your favorite people in the 15 categories, including favorite season, favorite winner, um, trade of the year, crush of the year, favorite moment, favorite meme. There's a lot to vote for. So head on over um, and vote for those. Also, there are going to be spoilers in there if you've not watched all the seasons. So if you want to be surprised by things, don't head over there and have <laughs> someone else vote for you. Um, but I, I encourage everyone to go vote and I will have a uh, end of the year recap episode uh, soon to discuss the results and to just discuss the nine seasons of Drag Race that aired in 2021. Wild. I watched them all. You kind of had nine seasons of Drag Race, but only one survivor. Right? (laughs) Right. What what what's the world coming to? All right, let's talk Survivor 41. Um, overall, how did we feel about this finale? I personally felt like the finale was more of a redemption for the rest of the season for the way that they had been editing it going into Mm -hmm. the finale. Because the way that Survivor's usually edited in the past, you can very clearly tell who is going to be there in the final. And the way that this season had been edited, it was so heavy with Shan that it seemed Shan was automatically one of the final three. So when she got blindsided and voted out, it was like, well, now who can win? Because they've not shown any of the moves that these other seven players have made. So it felt very much the redemption for how these five could potentially win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, going into the finale, was very confused on what was going to happen. Like, I thought the first vote out was pretty obvious, pending that person did not win immunity. I think that was the only thing that I like guaranteed was going to happen. Beyond that, it was really kind of up in the air. Um, I'm very happy with the winner, but the trajectory to get there was just very strange. Dan? I agree. I think to your point, Billy, the trajectory to get there is dependent on the editing. And I think without you know, spoiling anything that we're going to get to. Um, I think CBS has a different take on editing when certain people are winning versus others. And I think that was applied. Yeah, it was, it was definitely um, a strange season to watch. And it's not like it was, oh, we had a year in between watching Survivor. We've watched the show forever. So it's not like we're, it, was, it was a different experience. They just try to play around with things and it just didn't feel authentic to the show we know. Mm-hmm. Well, we start off and have the fourth wall breaking Jeff back telling us that the fastest paced game they've ever played is about to end. He's on the speech to let us know how things are going to go. He lets us know that at, like, as he is speaking in front of these beautiful set pieces with the videos projected on it, and the, for the first time since 2021 years ago, the final tribal votes will be read on the island. Thanks, COVID. But guess what? Words are never used. COVID. 
we'll right, get right. to that later. <laughs> his excuse later on is like, fuck you. You know why you're doing this. Do not paint it as something else. After hearing the voices of the final five telling us what is to come in terms of a game and why they might win, we're heading to the new beach. There's no shelter. They just have torches lit and Xander can't find his pants. And I hope I hear that um, quite often when he sleeps over at my place. <laughs> oh my God. So I knew I that we were going to get into that exact quote. It is in my notes because as soon as he said it, I was like, okay, well, Michael's going to talk about that. And I was like, so if I had a nickel, but I also want to talk about like them completely starting over again with two days left in the game, because at this point, there's been so many twists and so many things that have been introduced into this one season that this is just overkill at this point. Yeah. Like there was no need to have them start over because they're not with two days left. You're not going to have them build a shelter. You're not going to have them do all these other things that they've had to do already in the game. It's just torture at this point. Where, where was the Boston Rob Treehouse? Let them go live in that fucking thing. Right. Or go yeah, live under not. one of the freaking statues that are of Sandra and Bob. And you Boston know Rob they're still there. there. They, they're, right. They're not in Boston Rob's backyard yet. They're still in Fiji. Um, right. Yeah, it, it was overkill because it's like, it, as we'll see, that there is a moment that's going to affect them all. And did it actually affect their gameplay? Well, it's debatable. Um, but it just wasn't necessary. No. Xander is excited to start over as he doesn't need food or sleep. He'll eat his own adrenaline, uh, which I didn't know you can do, but he wants the others to suffer as he rises to the top. A truth bomb was dropped and we have some fireworks still going off. Erica is not ready to talk to Deshaun, who she says is welcome to be there. Uh, she, she's got, she got a little sassy. She was not having it. As she should. I thought that was just poor gameplay on his part. Mm-hmm. He yeah, says it was a, a truth. He drops a truth bomb and then doesn't even vote for her. Like it didn't, there was, I don't know. I was very confused by that whole situation. Like you're going to try to get the vote on her. Absolutely do that. But don't drop a truth bomb to say, oh, Heather, Erica's not taking you to the end, but we're not going to vote her this round. Like what, that didn't make any sense. He says it was just a Hail Mary on his part. And Erica is surprised that she was the target of said Hail Mary. Heather might've been thrown off and Erica was rightly pissed, but he was on the bottom and he just wanted to shake the table and knock the top off. Erica's going to talk to Ricard, and she thinks that Deshaun's move was personal. She won't trust him again. She did too much work to uh, with, to protect herself, and he pooped all over it. And as long as she's in, still in it, she's still got a shot. It's just how you bounce back. And that, for me, was clue number one. I was like, okay, we're going to be watching Erica this episode, aren't we? I, I wanted to take a minute to just recognize that you mentioned Heather by name, and the last time I did this podcast with you, you were calling her that blonde lady. So I, I appreciate the throw. <laughs> I have Gross. to because um, she was present a lot this episode. Yeah. Um, listen, you think I was bad calling her the blonde lady. Someone's going to call her later age. So I think I oh, they sure. I was better than later age. Anyway, Eric and Ricard know that they need to get to Sean to go next. Ricard notes that just to make it impossible to work with, he's just not going to work with him. He does not want to Sean in the final form. It's the next morning, it's day 24, and uh, little jungle boy Xander is out finding fruit. Um, and he's realizing that maybe he is a fruit. I don't know, maybe that's what the trajectory is for him. Just um, projecting at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he found fruit, showed off his muscles, and good morning to all of us. Deshaun is apparently coming for my gig now and is hosting a show where his first interviewee is Ricard. 
I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? No, you are not allowed to have a podcast. Uh-uh, uh-uh. First so, and only shown interview. Exactly. So how does Ricard feel being the last standing member of UA? Well, not that impressed since he always knew he would be. Deshaun is amplifying Ricard as an amazing player, so he wants to make the others see that he is a threat. He thinks if he doesn't win the next immunity challenge, he has to go. Meanwhile, we get Heather and Erica on a walk, and on a scale of 1 to 10, Heather is a at a no comment on how pissed she is. Erica is surprised that she's personally hurt by Deshaun's bomb, because at this point, everyone should be thinking who they would want to sit next to. So does Heather just not get to that point yet, or is she not? Where, where, where is Heather's? Is she like 10 days behind everyone? Yes. I just think she like doesn't, I don't know, because we find out later in the episode that she like wasn't mad at Erica. She was more mad at Deshaun and how like that whole thing transpired. But like, yeah. I don't know. Why wouldn't she just be like, Erica, we're cool. Like, I'm not going to say no comment, but and it just was a weird flex. Yeah, I feel like it was CBS editing trying to make this battle between Erica and Heather a thing when it really was never a thing. They just wanted to pull whatever tiny soundbite they possibly could where it seemed like the two of them were arguing so that it didn't show the unity that they actually had. Yeah. Which we never knew that they were a duo until episode like 11. Like, right. They were just friendly people towards each other that were having like normal conversations on the beach. (laughs) And yet everyone else in the cast hated Heather and I still don't know why. Doesn't I want to know. I want to know if she's a crazy racist lady because that's what it seems like. I mean, Shan's word association for Heather was ignorant. So, uh huh. So I, we'll find out. Well, Erica talks to Deshaun at the water well to tell her, uh, tell him how hurt she is by his actions and changes her perception of him and their relationship. But like usual, Deshaun claims it wasn't his intention, that he was sorry, he's willing to be used or be sent home since it's written on the wall, he's just going to throw grenades. And then they're there and they find a clue that there is a final advantage, chaos in an envelope. The clue says, solve the phrase to find the advantage and it is a word scramble and my mind was very scrambled when I saw that clue. I was like, I, 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 I've, I've eaten and I still can't figure out what this clue is. <laughs> um, I will say that I enjoyed that they could not leave until they solved the phrase. So there was no cheating. Would you all been able to solve the phrase and how long would it take you? I personally feel like I would have been able to do it really quickly only because when they, I flashed up the, the words like watching mm-hmm. the episode and the first like five words, I knew exactly what each of them were. I would have just had to figure out the order that they were going in. Treasure was the only word that I was like struggling with, mm-hmm. but I was like, feel like I would have eventually gotten it. Yeah. I think I would have been able to figure it out fairly quickly, but also I would have felt such a pressure knowing everybody else was doing the exact same thing. And like, I don't know. And knowing like you're at final five and this is like, I mean, we saw what the advantage was. It was a pretty big deal. So, you know, getting that would be so stressful, but I do think I could have figured it out. What about you, Dan? Yeah. I feel, (laughs) I feel like I could have, but I would have been in my head about it. And I also would have been like, I get very hangry. And I feel like if I didn't win like some sort of reward before that, I would have been such a bitch trying to figure it out that I probably would have like taken myself more time. I would have got it eventually. But it would have taken me longer. 
Well, Ricardo scrambles the word because he loves puzzle, but it's Xander who is first to solve it. It reads, your treasure hangs where the trees love to dance. Would you have known where to look based on that clue? Not a, not a chance. No, not at all. It's a very, it's a very, (laughs) you're on a cross-winded island where every tree will move in the wind. So clearly there's no advantage of knowing that clue. So Xander's going to go on his million dollar egg hunt. He's on the beach with Ricard and they just don't want Tashawn to get it because they don't know what it's going to be. Erica is last. And then we see the, there are some trees that are like odd shaped, funky branches. Deshaun seems to miss it as we then pan up and it is Erica who finds it. We learn that the advantage will be a slight advantage in the next immunity challenge. We'll discuss the specifics momentarily, but was she who you wanted to find it? Personally, I just, I agreed with them. I wanted anyone but Deshaun because I was not a fan of the way Deshaun had played his game up to that point, even all the way through the game. But I was was in the same mentality as everyone else. I wanted anyone but Deshaun to get it. Um, I personally would have really liked it to be Heather because that would have put her on a different playing field as everyone else. What it have been? Always slightly behind. I feel like it would have put her a lot closer because she was always like four rungs behind everyone. So getting those extra things would have really helped. Jeff is so shady with her too, though. I always feel bad behind like Heather behind again. He's like, but you've given up all season. (laughs) I'm like, come on, Jeff. Give her a break. Erica tells Ricard, Heather, and Xander, but they want her to hide it and not tell Deshaun, so he it tires him out and weakens him for the challenge. Now, I don't know the production calendar for this day. Obviously, we learned that this is the morning. Uh, what time do they wake up? What time do they get this clue? When was the immunity challenge? How, how much time passes through? Yeah, I would say maybe a few hours. Like, mm. it's still, I mean, you think about during the immunity challenges, based on like the lighting and stuff, like the sun, like it's definitely like afternoon, right? It's gotta be like two o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon is my guess. Um, so yeah, maybe they got the clue early in the morning. I mean, sunrise has already happened. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like they're taking a Drag Race UK three playbook and being like, do an entire season in five minutes. <laughs> Still rumors, nothing is re- re- released. No one knows how long it was revealed. Like, it was totally filmed in five days. We'll find, I'm, I'm going to get Kitty Scott Claus to tell me everything. I want this. I want the secrets. I'm going to find them out. I'm going to get it. All right. Erica is still smiling on day 24 as she says hello to Jeff when they come in. Uh, Jeff takes the necklace away from Ricard for the third time. And then Miss Erica is like, Jeff, I have something. Jeff is like, share it with me, my child, and I will unleash the chaos that is about to ensue. For this immunity challenge, they must collect a series of rope rungs to create a ladder. Then they have to maneuver a puzzle piece through a second ladder. At the top, they have a 75-piece survivor puzzle. And the first to finish in the final four, and a reward that includes steak, veggies, bread, and wine, a.k.a. Xander Candy. Um, Jeff's going to reveal that this advantage, Erica will start with four rungs on each ladder already completed. Not being results-oriented. Was this too much of an advantage? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was like, like, this is a lot. This is on par, I feel like, with the knowledge is power advantage in the sense of its overpowerment. Because mm-hmm. those rungs being like the the sliding ones in the second ladder, ladder 
having that extra four there seemed very unbalanced. Like I would have understood if it would have been like four of the rope rungs were done. Yeah, and I, that was the advantage because that's a slight advantage. But to have the four on the first ladder and the four on the second ladder already done just seemed too much. But it's not just those four. It was also, she didn't have to knock down four ropes either. Right. Right. It, it, it like eliminated so many factors across the entire course. Like it was insane. I think they really thought the puzzle was going to be an equalizer, which generally it is. But when you have that much extra time, it, it kind of balances out. And Erica's the puzzle queen. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the puzzle because Ricard could have blown her away if it was if they if the two of them were on equal playing ground. Mm-hmm. For sure. So we'll see. Um, so the race is on. Erica is jumping through the rung towers and the others are just knocking off rope from the structure. Jeff reminds us that Heather is in last like usual, but she never gives up. Um, so Jeff likes her clearly. Wait, just watch her back. Watch her come back and we'll be like, why fucking spot um but the big story at this stage of the race is that xander has forgotten one of his rungs now we have seen jeff yell at contestants that they have forgotten things before that's been a a thing he's done why does he not help xandy does he not like him why was he not helping him i think i feel like i honestly think nobody saw it because the, he was the furthest away from where Jeff was standing and mm-hmm. the color of it would have blended in a bit with like looking over at the, the thing. I don't think anyone saw it except for the camera that caught it. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. I'll accept that answer. Well, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's fine. I don't, I was like, I don't think it was any like deep seated hatred towards Xander. <laughs> Well, everyone is on the rope wrong ladder and Xander finally figures out his mistakes. Was this going to be his million dollar mistake? Erica gets to the puzzle first with Ricard behind her. And the puzzle, I feel like is very self-explanatory, but there are just a lot of pieces. Heather is going to get another Jeff moment. He is proud of her because her kids would be so proud of her pushing through. I mean, I get it. We have to believe that she still has a chance of winning the million dollars here, but this was overkill. Yeah. I mean, like if you think just, about it, by the time that she got up there, Erica, Ricard, and Xander all had about 25 pieces already in the puzzle yeah. by the time she got up there. Now, were her kids going to be proud of her or were they going to be so embarrassed that they're like, oh my God, my mom sucks? I think they're still proud. Like she made it farther than a lot of people, regardless of the edit. That's fair. Okay. All right. If it were my mom, I'd be like, I am not going to talk to you. You just ruined Survivor for me. <laughs> oh savage. All right. Just savage. Xander's approach to the puzzle is to stand it up, drop the pieces down. Can someone explain this to me? I, I didn't get that either. At all. Like, it made zero sense to me. Um, I don't know if he, like, visually wants... Oh, maybe I it was really spacing. No maybe he wanted to have, like, the only logic I can apply is that he wanted to do it upward so that he wasn't moving pieces around too much. Like, on- they knew it was a flat puzzle, though. Yeah, I don't know. The it- only <laughs> thing I could think was that he was doing it that way so that whoever was next to him couldn't see where pieces were going in his puzzle. But okay. that just seems like, at that point, when it's final five, you don't take the chance of knocking it over when you're right. And, it down. and again, it's it's not like it's like a ten piece puzzle where you know what the pieces look like and you can like look over. There's too many pieces for you to even right. cheat off of someone. Right. Um, Heather, 
lots of pieces really has no idea what she's doing they're there she's just putting them in the, the space i was like lady come on it's virtually down to ricard and erica and at the end it is erica she gets that advantage gets that win um and jeff's gonna tell her no 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 it's a steak for two bring someone with you to eat Erica selects Heather, and I think this was a smart choice because she, she knew she needed to uh, make things better. She says it's because of their tough tribal. Um, what did you think of this decision? Was Heather the right pick? I think so. I also want to uh, point out that when she won, she also said, if I didn't win this one, I would have died. I thought that was a clever like edit to keep that in because... I'm wondering if Erica thought, had I not won and had say Ricard won, had she would she have been the one that was would have gone instead of Deshaun. how things played out? Like had would they have said, oh, Erica's more in tune to possibly win this. Let's keep Deshaun because everyone's kind of hating on him right now and get rid of Erica after that truth bomb has been released. So I'm wondering if that was kept in because she would have felt embarrassed for not winning after having the advantage, or if she actually thought she would have gone in the game versus- I don't know, because she and, and Ricard did talk about Deshaun being the next target for Ricard. So I don't think Ricard had Erica as his elimination. I think it would right. have still been Deshaun. So I you think-, think it's more like the embarrassment of losing after having the advantage like that? Yeah, I yeah, think so. I think so too. Well, Xander was hoping to win, but he has the idol, so he doesn't have to worry. He doesn't care if Erica and Heather hate each other or Erica and Heather um, and, and Deshaun hate each other. Ricard is an open target, and it's time to get target numero uno out. Erica and Heather arrive to see a real meal waiting for them, and I got to say, it looks pretty good. I, I, I enjoy steak. I would eat that steak, even though it was probably ice cold. <laughs> yeah, except they- when you haven't had red meat in, well, I guess they've only been there 25 days at this point. Um, but like, think of the the after effects of red meat on your. Listen, system. listen. Joe DeCampo has told us all that you eat too much red meat, then you die. Uh, they're not going to supply that them with that much red meat anymore. It is a piece That's of steak. True. That's all. I love. Getting. I love that they had wine, and Erica was like, "I don't mind being a little tipsy for tribal." Yeah, that was awesome. She's like, "I'm yeah. safe, so I don't care." Right. Erica wanted to talk to Heather about all this stuff. She starts to get upset seeing how hurt Heather was. She would have been so upset if she messed up their friendship as it was one of the most important things she's gotten out there. True or false? Or is that just a a ploy to get Heather? I think it's true. I mean, we didn't get to see that relationship Mm -hmm. develop at all. Um, But I do think that they're like genuinely close. But my, like going back to if, Heather really is this racist human being, which like could be speculation totally, obviously. Why would Erica want to be friends with her? You know what I mean? Erica's like a normal, great human being, but I don't know. Because she's Canadian, she's automatically nice. That's true. (laughs) Um, So wait, do we think they're like so close that CBS is going to call the two of them and be like, who wants to do the Amazing Race next season, Erica and Heather? I would love to see that actually. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> Erica? You thought, uh, Laura and Rupert were terrible at the Amazing Race. You want to see Heather do the Amazing Race? That'd be entertaining. She may shock the hell out of us and actually, like, not be the first eliminated. Who knows? Hey, you never know. 
Well, Heather says she was hurt, but what she was hurt by was Deshaun's display of what he did and how he treated Erica. No hurt feelings with her. Heather says Deshaun hurt Erica, and that's not cool. Heather just says she like had lunch with a good friend. She would have been so lonely without Erica. And I was like, what What are we watching here? Like, it, it, this is a weird friendship. I need like the cutscenes. I need to learn more. Heather thinks that people just didn't see them as strong. The old lady and the little girl, they just carried each other. But now it's game talk. Erica loves Ricard, but he is a threat at the end. Heather would rather Ricard go and win than have Deshaun win and play into his game. Erica's like, that's a no-no. So you said what you want. I said what I want. We're going to go with my plan because your plan is actually dumb. Do we agree with Erica over Heather? You have to. I mean, if Ricard has won so many of these challenges, he's pretty much good at everything. Um, There's no, and he was the, he was the standout winner in the final five for me, at least I Mm -hmm. thought. And, and all scenarios, in all scenarios, he won probably unanimous, unanimously um, in a couple scenarios. So they had to take him out at that point. If not, it was suicide for all of their games. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, back at the beach, it's the boys representing each starting tribe. we got a yellow, a blue, and a green. Uh, Xander's in the middle. Deshaun and Ricard acknowledge the move is to write each other's name down. That's the move. That's what they got to do. Deshaun says, shame on them if they don't vote out Ricard. Ricard is the threat. And at this point, the final five, there is no more group talk. We're going to go in the crystal clear water. Erica talks to Ricard and learns that Ricard and Deshaun are going to vote each other. Erica doesn't tell Ricard he is going home and that it isn't clear who is going home. And Ricard's like, really? This is really that hard for you? You should be voting me out. He respects her for having this rough decision because it's giving him the slightest bit of hope. Um, But if you knew you were a solid game player at this moment and someone was like, oh no, there's still hope. Would you respect that? Or would you be like, stop lying to me, bitch? I mean, uh, I don't know. I would... I would probably be like, this is ridiculous. Why are you leading me on at this point? Um, but some Dad's of the laughing because he would people. totally be that person. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Not that at all. Um, no, I, I feel there's merit to both. Like giving the hope also builds a relationship and continues to like, you know, work on the social aspect of the game and keeps the friendship possibility there so that when somebody is in the final three and that person sitting over there, you're like, well, I respected the fact that you did what you could. It may not have, you didn't have the extra numbers to keep me, but I respect what happened. And I think that's what, Erica's doing she's not blatantly lying to him she's like I do have to weigh out the options and that's a strong statement to make because if you're going with your gut and with what your emotions are telling you your emotions are going to tell you to keep the person you like but that's not necessarily the way to win so Hmm. I respect it fair Ricard gets Heather alone and he gets her to admit that Deshaun is a liability Heather says that she thinks Ricard could win. Ricard's like, but Deshaun will win. And Heather's like, he won't win, I promise. And Ricard's like, you can promise that by voting Deshaun out. 
hardy har har please do that please i think if there was anyone she knew that heather was like the one that he could at least get one flipped vote on because she's just so dumb yeah she's just so like gullible really Mm -hmm. ricard now gets little zandy who assumes he's voting out ricard and eric and deshaun talk about how hard it is not to vote out deshaun but ricard is an ally blah 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 Erica still says that she can't trust Deshaun and we see she is right as he is going to tell both her and Heather that if he wins the final immunity, he will take them both to the end. Um, That's gameplay, kids. That's how you do it, right? No. (laughs) No, because already they don't trust him. And if either of them have the conversation with each other about Deshaun giving that promise, then that automatically blows up what he just said. Mm -hmm. So that's just dumb. That's just dumb. Well, Xander and Ricard are going to have a little snack on the beach. And Xander says in three days, they get to see their families. Xander wants to know if he'll get to visit as Uncle Xander. And Ricard's like, you'll get to see two babies. Bomb. Ricard has a baby due next week. And Xander is a wreck. Like this kid and his emotions. I kind of love it. It's really endearing. Um, Ricard says he is going to have a little baby, a little boy. He might already be there, but he's excited to find out. And Ricard says he gave up a huge life moment to be there. Would any of you miss the birth of your child for a survivor? Silence. Silence. Absolute silence. There's your answer. I I think I would. Same. Yeah, I think I would. Sorry, Dan. I was like, especially in the situation that that Ricard is talking about, it's his second child. And a lot of times, unfortunately, the second child gets kind of like, the shit end of the stick as far as the life moments go so mm. i mean this is a big life moment as well getting to play in this game so i don't i think he's going to win either way because i i in my mind believe he made it back before the birth i haven't looked up to see if he did but i, I did see did. on twitter he said he did he did oh good see so then no harm no foul right Ricard wants to make it work, make it worth coming out there. And Xander's heartstrings have been tugged and he doesn't want to see Ricard in pain. Xander is now debating to stick with his heart. He could use his idol to save him. When Xander says this, I was like, uh, Ricard, how are you not bursting out laughing? Like this, this kid is an idiot right now for even floating this idea uh, over your head. Didn't we see another child give up immunity um for someone else and what happened to them yeah um but xander is starting a trend of thinking about making his own moves and taking the reins is he ready to make a million dollar mistake not just yet but did we believe him or was this really xander being like i know what the editors gonna want here so i'm gonna have this moment just so they can have um, all the options to to edit my winning storyline I think he considered it, to be honest. I really, I really think I he do too. It, which is same. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he thought about what the editors would think, or like what kind of storyline they could put with him. I thought, I think he was genuinely thinking about doing it. And if we look at it, him possibly taking Ricard on to another stage and Ricard making it to that final three against Xander. That's also a big statement that Xander can make being like, I'm the one who brought him here. So I brought him here so that I could play against the person that all of you thought was the strongest player. 
but he only got here because I saved him. And that's, that's fair. a that's big fair. resume thing for him to say. So I still thought he might do it. I would say that is logic from Survivor maybe 10 years ago. Knowing what this cast and, and the goals that they had, I mean, we'll get to it at the end, but there was no way a straight white dude was going to win. There was just no way they were going to let that happen. Agree. And I just want to like, all still in speculation that he may not be as straight as we think. I mean, let's be real. I'm still oh, hoping think, that's the case. You think he's, he, he tries both. I don't know about that. I just want to talk about Xander's crying face for like just a second. It's so ugly. It's yeah. terrible. Like my crying face is ugly, but his is like top tier. Like his nose just scrunches <laughs> up so much. It's just, yeah, it's not cute. Poor no, kid. no, no. All right, tribal council number one. We start with Deshaun uh, needing to get out Ricard. Now he's not immune. Deshaun says the purpose of last tribal was to plant the seed, and now everyone is on the same page. And Xander's like, it's not fully done. He was sitting in the middle of Deshaun and Ricard, and it was high noon in the Wild West where he was the tumbleweed. I was like, you you really have studied the game. You know that Jeff loves the metaphors, and you just throw out metaphors any chance you get. So was Heather open to hear their stories? Of course, more information. And Erica agrees as they are at the point in the game now where things that are good things in real life, like being a trusted ally, is a bad thing in Survivor. And bad things in real life, like someone who cannot be trusted, could be a good thing on Survivor. Ricard is the topic and vulnerable. He says he has played a really good game. He starts to pull that Deshaun is a bad guy card while also getting emotional. He drops his own struggle bomb about he and his husband are having a baby and how he doesn't want to pass up his dream to be on Survivor. He fully addressed the jury when he said the line, my baby is due next week. Crocodile tears or was that real? It felt real, honestly. I didn't think it was some kind of ploy because he he knew that he was the one going to be going. So it's not like he was trying to win over the jury to get more votes or like a winning storyline. He was genuinely cluing them in on what was going on with him. You don't think he still had a, 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 a thought that Xander might do the stupid move and give him his idol? Mm, I don't think so. I feel like Ricard's such a super fan and such a like like student of the game that he knew that the shot, the chance of Xander doing that was like 0.02%. Like there was, it was not going to happen. All right. Jeff tells Deshaun that he is similar to Ricard about having open emotions and Deshaun understands Ricard and that they have like a frenemy ship, um, but he still feels bad. And I was like, okay, so is that like the future heroes versus villains pairing from this season? Is that who they're going to have? I don't get it. Um, <laughs> Jeff is going to lead Xander a bit and remind him that the numbers will make the decision unless you have an idol or a necklace. So how do you reconcile that? He says that Ricard has fought hard and pegged as someone in charge, but he and Ricard have grown close and they have a bromance. So it's hard to see him in this position where there's nothing to do. All right. Bromance. What happened? Where did this happen? When did they develop this bromance? Yeah, that's the right. question. It's another, that's like, just like Erica and Heather, that's another Mm-hmm. like storyline that we never really saw developing until suddenly that conversation on the beach where we see Xander cry out of nowhere because we don't know the relationship that's between them. I want to see a version of this season with the purple Shan edit where we see the rest of the season. Mm. Yeah, no, it would be interesting to see what, what was going on that we, 
obviously had no idea. Mm. Um, I mean, I will say going, going into this episode, I was like, I don't know how you're going to paint Erica as a winner, but then I was like, there was only way you could paint Erica as a winner. And it was through Shan this entire season, because Shan was the only one who saw her as a threat. So that's right. why we saw Shan as much as we did, because it was the only way we're getting an Erica winning storyline. Yeah. And Erica did the split vote that time. So mm-hmm. that was her moment. Ricard says it's funny that people are saying he runs the show because if he did, then he'd be safe and Deshaun would be going home. So he's going to drop his next bomb and says he believes that Deshaun will get more votes than the three of them. Okay, that that that's going to scramble their minds. No, not at all. Erica doesn't blame Ricard for having the guns out, but reception, perception is important and it's still a consideration. Jeff asked Ricard to write the last paragraph of his experience. He says he didn't think he'd do so well and he was pretty kick-ass at Survivor. He's good at it. And Jeff monologues about how Ricard should be proud of his journey and who he is. And Ricard had a moment that day and thinks he could be a Survivor great without being a winner. Is he hyperbolizing or is Ricard in the pantheon of great players who didn't win? I think he is. I think he played like a really solid game. Um, But my issue with his game is I think he took Shan out too early. Like, I don't think that that benefited him at that point because in that um, episode, Shan came to him and said, look, your name is out there. So she still has your back. Like, yes, you need to cut her eventually, but that was so premature. So I think that that was his huge mistake. So I can't put him in this like amazing gameplay um category because of that if he kept her around i think that the final five would have been very different i agree wholeheartedly with what billy just said like i feel like when the shan vote happened it really should have been the time to take out deshaun or danny because they were the more physical threat against ricard to potentially keep him from winning a challenge and it was it felt silly to take Shan out at that point. I agree. But then again, that's possibly the edit. Who knows? For me, I think he is top of the middle tier. That's what I said. He's not one of the people I would think immediately if I were casting like an all-star cast. He's not one of the first people I would think of. But he, he, he is he like would somebody be, that could be invited. Yes. He would be in the sense of diversity. That's why he would be in the casting pool. Because you need the gay. You need a gay. (laughs) You need a gay. All right. To wrap it up before the vote, Jeff says that usually with a speech like that, he can feel a blind sign coming, but not this time. Wow. Jeff not trying to manipulate anyone with this idol or anything. Not for another TV moment here. He totally knew what he was doing. He's like, gullible Xander. I might make you do something crazy. (laughs) The votes are in. Jeff returns. Xander is ready to finally play that idol after 20 days. The idol is safe for him and a couple of his friends, but he doesn't need it. And he also doesn't need a souvenir. So he is going to play it for himself. It's four votes for Ricard, one vote for Deshaun, and Ricard is out as jury number seven. I have to just say it. I've said it a couple of times. I miss Jeff's words of wisdom following tribals. I don't Mm. remember what he ever said, but I like that. Yeah, no, it, it, the Jeff speaking was very different this season. Um, but did anybody notice when 
like how Xander tried to say bye to Ricard when Ricard was leaving because it was like really funny. He like popped up like a little puppy dog, like bye Ricard, but like Ricard just kind of like left. It was like really funny. You have to go back and watch it because I like couldn't handle it. It's like, like oh, bye Ricard. It's the final four. I, I also them- laughed at. I laughed at the fact that both Heather and Erica said good luck to Ricard as he left. I was like, in what? He's already out of the game. Life? Or maybe at Ponderosa. Maybe something's going to go down to Ponderosa. I don't know. Right. Good luck. A game within the game. About what? Don't say game within the game. I can't do it. That is so 2021. (laughs) We're almost at 2022. Can't do game within the game. All right, it's the final four. One of them could be the sole survivor. Xander states that when in their lives are they going to have a 25% chance at a million dollars? Erica says it's surreal knowing she is in the top four because it wouldn't be a vote that would get her out at this point. She knows that she can make fire as she made fire on exile. Top three is in her grasp, but she wants a good night's sleep first. We'll get to her statement about fire in a little bit, but everyone's going to sleep on the beach and I guess they didn't check their weather app because it is going to... (laughs) rain like terrible downpour like run to the forest rain i don't think i could survive for this sole reason i just i know i don't like rain yeah it had to be uncomfortable this is another reason why i was like this was overkill for sending them to start over on a new beach at the end like they would have known and had meteorologists that were looking at what the weather was going to be over the next few days so clearly they knew that weather could potentially be coming and said Mm -hmm. well let's put them on a beach where they'll have no shelter like that's just mean yeah my biggest issue would be like your feet like how soggy and disgusting the bottom of your feet would be like that would be the only thing that would really bother me other than that i think i could do it but that after sensation of your feet being like not like soggy, it's a no for me. Xander is soaking wet. He's cold, he's hungry, but he's feeling like a rock star. He's also gone insane as um, he had bashes, but he is glad they're all suffering so they can break and he will excel in the next challenge. The morning arrives and they all look miserable after the rain, but they made it through it. Heather is still shaking and she is very pruny. Why didn't she just put her hands in her sleeves? <laughs> well they're probably wet too i mean i know but they would not be fully exposed i think they all got different clothes too though so like they did get to change out of it from what i remember maybe Deshaun says days 24 sleep was the worst but it's the last leg of the race and he can see himself winning if he just can conquer it Deshaun has tried to make fire with Flint and failed miserably every time. He will feel embarrassed if he has to do fire making and he can't make fire. He's focused on winning the challenge. All right. Immunity challenge number two. We get to see the setup for the challenge. And when the camera pans to the arcs with like the blocks, it really looks like it said final 33. That's what just, that's what I saw. I was like, final 33. What, what, what are we doing here? Erica says hi one last time to Jeff, Heather too. And Jeff has gotten used to this. I got to still ask it. Has no one ever spoken to the man before? Has no one greeted him when they walked in or they think they're not allowed to? Right. They're all just so like serious game mode that they're like, I got to find out what's going on, but I can't say anything because there's a camera there and it might catch the wrong word. Jeff asked about the rain and they all got hit. Um, They didn't have a shelter or tarp, so they were all trying to stay warm. It's their badge of honor. Only two sleeps away from final tribal. 
For this challenge, they must walk across a curved walkway while stacking blocks on a wobbly platform. First person to spell final three wins. How about y'all doing this challenge, good or bad? Well, we actually did a similar challenge in our season of Survivor Angelica and my tribe failed miserably. So I don't think I would do any better on my own than I did with a group. <laughs> so block stacking challenges with Robbly's things are um, a trigger for me. So they're mm -hmm. not, they're not my group. They're not my strength. <laughs> yeah. Like in, in Angelica, it was like, it was a tribe challenge. It wasn't individual, but in Survivor New York, they had individual. Um, this was one of the individual ones. I was already out of the game by that point, but I did get to like try it afterwards and I couldn't do it. All right, well, we're, we're, gonna, we're seeing them off. It seems easy out of the gate, but the longer the challenge goes on, the pace will slow down. Deshaun basically drops. Xander's going to drop. It's really trial and error. Um, compared to some of the other ones we've seen, did this one seem easier? I would as say as for final, final challenge goes. Well, as far as like the stacking challenges, because we've seen the ones where they have to like legs up and over um, certain parts, which is the one that would kill me. I, I could not do that one. This one, I feel like I could maneuver a little better. I just yeah, think this one weird I felt final. was a little easier. Agreed. Yeah, it was such a weird Normally, final. I feel like normally the final challenge is more endurance-based mm -hmm. because they're like wanting to see who is going to outlast at that point. And it just kind of felt like a, a more, it felt more even this way by it being this stacking balance challenge because all four of them have had the same amount of time to work with this puzzle and whatnot, or it didn't, I just, I was confused because I was expecting more of an endurance based final. Listen, I, I miss the days when they had three people standing on ledges, holding their hand onto a fucking pole and there for yeah. days and days. I miss those challenges. Can we go back to that? Just once. I, yeah, I love a good endurance challenge. Like, love watching those. I mean, come on. Also, just think of that the the Borneo challenge. It's, it's iconic, and, and and in um Palau with uh, Tom and Ian and Katie. Like, I want those again. I miss those. I miss the physical ones too. Like, those were interesting. Like, even the ones where like I forget which it was, but like Michaela just like ripped her top off and was like, "Y'all oh, gonna yeah, see some tatas today?" Just like I like <laughs> the physical. A little bit yeah but i feel like they've gotten away from that just because of the the danger of it it's all pretty even until heather drops and has to start over and we're like yeah heather you should just sit out don't even try this anymore um xander's in the lead with four erica behind him the sean starts again once he drops as xander places his fifth block xander is on his way to pick up michael block i mean his sixth block and xander is in control after erica drops her fifth uh, the baby boy is slowly but surely heading back to his sack to get that block before um, he has to head back and, and win the challenge. And Xander wins final immunity. Were they all tired from the night before and did Xander's brain plan help him out or, or is he just the, the only one who figured out the pace of this, this challenge? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just once you figure out where to put your feet and how slow to go, you just kind of cruise through. And I just think nobody else figured it out quick yeah. enough. Yeah, I agree with that. It's all about like weight shifting the right way and stuff. Well, Xander's I do emotional. think that Erica probably had the most advantage in this from her size, 
-hmm. but because we saw how quickly she was able to stack back up to four or what did she get to five by the time that xander i think it was only at four i think i just watched this like three hours ago and i'm trying to remember i think (laughs) it's a pretty solid lead well xander is emotional and he finally gets to tell us that taking a breath of fresh air is like breathing clearly this kid is brilliant um even he put his hands in his face because he knows what he just said was idiotic i was like no did you you think that was another quote for a beware advantage idol maybe (laughs) i think well xander says that the craziest sentence he said is jeff is putting the immunity necklace around his neck at the final four it was crazier than the butterfly thing and Jeff is going to take this time to remind us that he really, really, really wants an Emmy Award. So he's going to do the survivor equivalent of drag races. What would you say to little Alexander photo moment? <laughs> so let's just dive into Xander's past and how he was a teenager yesterday. And before that, he was a kid at home going one day, I'm not going to be on Survivor. And Xander can still see that kid who thought he could never be on Survivor. He wishes he could go back in time and give him a big hug and tell him things are going to be fine. And then Xander hugs Jeff and probably whispers daddy into his ear. <laughs> I couldn't get over this moment. I'm sorry. Like, because I've watched so much Drag Race, like, it's, it's embedded. We know that it's become one of the corniest moments of Drag Race now. But just the way Jeff said it, I was like, you clearly have talked with Viacom. You know the formula's working over at Drag Race. So they're trying to help you get some Emmys. Is this what you're pulling from that show too? What, what, what are we doing here? I mean, now that they're all on Paramount Plus and they're all sort of like in the same space, I think that obviously there's going to be crossover. I also didn't like to go back to your point about Xander's backstory. I was like, we we saved his backstory for this long for it to be as cookie cutter as it was. I was not feeling it. Well, I, I think was, this kind of breaks the backstory okay. edit now for next season. You're going to be able to read it and be like, well, we haven't seen this person's backstory yet. They're going to be in the final. Yeah. So I, I, I'm really worried how they're going to edit next season. Um, but speaking of the crossover, do we want to see Xander on Celebrity Drag Race? No. <laughs> Why not? No, I would rather see Drag Race contestants on Survivor. <laughs> Oh, it's going to happen one time. Who who do you want? Who is it going to be? Peppermint. Peppermint wants to be on it so bad. Really? Yeah, she's like a huge Survivor fan. Okay, okay. I would like to see Monique Hart on it. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Chad, who would you like to see? I I want somebody that's like basically quit drag. So I want like Fifi (laughs) O'Hara. Okay. Um, I was going to say I would like to see someone who um, needs redemption and wins something. So let's see Pandora Box. She'd be feisty. Pandora Box in that rainstorm. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, All right. Well, Xander is congratulated for pulling off the win. He is in the final three and he has a chance to win a million. We're going to get Xander's flashback. Um, Cue the flashbacks. He's always loved competition when he was growing up. He was chubby and not proud of who he was. He wanted to change. So in ninth grade, he started cross country. He was seen as the chubby kid who wanted to lose weight, but then he became the kid who dropped two minutes and three races and went to nationals, becoming the best team in Florida history. This moment felt so much like Forrest Gump to me. I couldn't handle it. It was like when I got to ninth grade, 
well, I just started running. <laughs> I kept running. And I was like, oh my God, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. Hard work and discipline means there's nothing you can't do. I was like, Xander, like, what? No. You hit puberty, Xander. You hit puberty. That's what happened. Barely. He still can't grow a beard. Hey, I barely can. <laughs> See, that's why you need to be on Survivor so I can come on the podcast and mock your beard. <laughs> Sole reason, right there. The only reason. Well, Sean <laughs> wants to talk to Xander so he can prepare his mind. He is hoping and praying he won't have to make fire. But Deshaun and his terrible social skills tell Xander that he won't tell him he has a great chance of winning, but he will decrease his chance if he is brought Erica to the end because he should, he, she would be a tough person to beat. Why did he say this? Why is he not trying to butter up Xander? Yeah, I mean, it just goes along with his like very, very, very subpar social game. Now, Heather is willing to make fire, and if she goes home, she goes home happy. She tells him that Erica can beat him, and he's like, nah, I don't think so. So now it's time to chat with Erica. After his heart has rested on that, his head is, has agreed to it, Erica is like, you can totally throw me in. If there's merit to taking me, you can do that too. And Xander's like, I've already made up my mind. Go head back. What? Really? Yeah, I'm going to take it to the end. She's safe. Boy, what are you doing? Why did you finalize anything before tribal? Yeah, I, I don't know. That, that was awful. Erica is worried why she's being taken, thinking she might be beatable, but she then will just gladly take this chance because it's a free ride to the end. Xander will tell Erica to practice just in case. Well, at least he said that, that in front of everyone, so whatever. Xander thinks Erica has a flashy resume and doesn't want her to have a fire-making wing to add to it. Plus, he knows she made fire in exile so many times. Cut to the moment when Xander tells Deshaun and Heather that Erica will still practice. Um, we get this practice montage, and, and Deshaun uh, needs a knife and a flint, and he'll figure it out. He has no idea what Heather will do, but we see her doing pretty well with fire. And as an underdog, it's like, oh my God, Heather's going to win something. This is crazy. Xander wants to see Heather at the end because she will talk about the same things as Erica, and if she takes Deshaun out how how could he not win Deshaun is getting a crazy sparking there's like six inch fire won't get anything done uh replace that with whatever words you want you're welcome have fun with that one but now it's time to check in with Erica and Xander looks directly into the camera breaking that fourth wall doing that um Jim from the office and realizes what the fuck did I just do Erica can't make fire so apparently she took so long in exile and it's showing she just advertised that she can take her um, out with making fire, but was that a fake move? And Xander's like, is this a ploy? What did I just do? Did we know, did Erica ever at really tell everyone how long it took her to make fire? She just said she made fire. She, did. she, said. she never said anything about it. She just said that she did it. So Xander's yeah, just I've... like, dumb here. I, I mean, so. I don't see it as dumb. I see it as more like she just didn't advertise that it took her two or three hours or however long it took her on exile. She just, she literally, all she said was my proudest moment was that I was able to make fire on exile. And it, that as a flag, especially because we don't know who's been making their fire on mm -hmm. their island. Cause I'm pretty sure up until then it had been Danny and Ricard that had basically mm -hmm. been keeping all of them fed and taken care of. 
And so now it's to the point where like, well, who can actually make fire since all apparently of we know who can out everybody. It's, apparently it's Xander who's going to tell Heather that Eric is doing so poorly at this fire thing. So, I mean, he could step down and do the fire and take her out. That's a wild and crazy move. Yeah, I was going to say that seems super foolish to even suggest. There's that. only one person who had to do that, and he that's the only way he was able to win a million dollars. Remember Chris Underwood? Mm-hmm. How could you for sure do? <laughs> uh, um, I mean, he's the only one who had to do it, and I think anyone else who ever does it is just a fucking idiot. Um, but it's time to see if Xander's going to make another crazy move for a million dollars. The jury sees Xander with the bling, and it seems Shan and Danny are happy with that. Not sure why, but okay. Xander knows the jury wants to know what he will do with this, his make or break decision. Deshaun shares that his ideal final three would have been to sit with Heather and Xander. So he recommended putting Erica into fire. Heather says her conversation was throwing me in. I'm up for a challenge. Xander was not surprised by the pitches as he also was also really trying to make his decision before it all happened. He says Deshaun's truth bomb told him that the jury seemed to agree with him blowing up Erica's game. And then the entire jury finds a partner to question Xander's comment. They're all perplexed by what he just said. They're like, no, we didn't. We, we, we didn't approve of that. Xander says that the jury doesn't respect Erica or Heather's game. And Shan is over there like, that's a poor read, Xander. Um, Heather, he thinks Heather is a goat, but he doesn't see her as an a old, frail lady. The library is officially open. <laughs> if this kid called me old, I would smack him in the fucking face. Like, that's a backhand compliment calling her a badass with like youthful vigor, but you just also called her an old frail lady. Yeah, not really respecting his elders. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, this is also oh. from somebody who just literally said like, it, like exhaling is like breathing. Like he also, it, like it's just on brand for him is kind of what I got in that moment. Well, like, what we saw this episode was just how much he blew up his own social game as far as like how he's reading and talking about other people when it's coming to the end of the game. Like Mm -hmm. if there's a chance that this person is possibly going out of the game to become part of the jury, you maybe don't want to leave their last impression as you calling them old or discounting what they've done in the game. So that seemed once again, like a, a silly, stupid move to do, even with having immunity. Erica says, even though they can't talk to the jury, they can still get information from them based on how they would react. If you were sitting on a jury, would you give fake reads to the um, people still in the game? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I did. <laughs> I don't think I would. I think I would just kind of just try to be as even keeled as possible. Um, but yeah, Xander's game awareness was like, so poor i have like resting um reaction face like bad resting reaction face so like it would be bad for anyone sitting there they're like oh my god he hates me and i'm like no that's just me taking everything in (laughs) well i would literally like someone would say something and i would turn to somebody and just be like oh no we're not talking about that at all but they would think that we were wow so we're learning (laughs) that chad is a villain sometimes (laughs) okay so Xander, who are you going to take to the final three? Well, he's decided that Erica and Heather, they're not going to be together. Erica's coming with me. Heather, Deshaun, go make fire. Who's going to be in the third spot? Will it be Deshaun or Heather? They assume their places. Is there still a fire-making curse? Does it matter where they sit? 
I mean, I saw- haven't looked at the, the track record of which one does better. But like, they don't get to choose. Jeff literally said, you go here. Correct. You go Correct. So Jeff right. puts Deshaun at blue on our left, Heather on our right at yellow. Jeff tells them they have the same exact piles. Let's just see how this works out and let's discuss the potential riggery conspiracy theories because they are out there. People are saying it. Um, they're like, why isn't it random? Why did Jeff get to decide who's sitting where? Blah, 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 blah. Um, because I, um, I've never made fire personally. But I feel like something was going on. Something was fishy and weird. I felt like there was some kind of wax coating or whatever on Heather's rope. Like that yeah. felt like it, it took better. forever to burn. It was insane. I actually, mm. I read an inter- Heather's interview about this. And what she said was that it was really windy, which I don't, it didn't seem like it was really windy, but apparently the wind was blowing her fire away from the rope. And she contemplated taking her knife and pushing it back toward i think it was going away from her so she was like gonna pull it towards her so it like hit the rope a little bit more but she didn't do that but it didn't seem like wind was a huge factor watching it play out so i don't know that was another weird kind of thing that she said no matter what this was an incredible television moment but again the laws of science and shit like how the hell didn't heather nearly have the rope burn and deshaun wins out of fucking nowhere again i've never made fire this something about it didn't seem right um and it wasn't like it was it was like split seconds there there was enough time in between the two of them um yeah i was like i was there was a moment where i was like examining the rope length and the height i was like is it slightly off i was because it just it looked like she was so clearly gonna blow him out of the water and we know like there was that um i i had a guest come on and say that Jeff may have um, given Deshaun a bit of a hint about the do or die based on his hand placements and everything. So, you know what? Maybe he really wanted Deshaun there because what the fuck was Heather going to say to these people? Um, But I don't know. Deshaun's Deshaun's the wild card that's been spilling all of these different moments that are available for him to use from tribals. So, it does make sense that he would want to keep him, but it's unfair if that is the way that he is going about producing the show. All I'm going to say is Helen was pushed. Jeff rigged the do or die. Helen <laughs> definitely pushed. And so was Heather. Yeah. That's I agree. All right. Deshaun gets emotional and how he feels so confident now. He cries. He's speechless. Um, Heather is out. She's not in the final three. She tells us that she got to this point and faced a lot of her fears. When she was younger, she almost drowned and she didn't get in the water for 35 years. So these water challenges petrified her, but she was pushed beyond her comfort zone and is thankful for her journey. We finally say goodbye to the blonde lady. Good riddance. Where's Waldo version of where's Heather? It was a good ride. I'll be honest though. I did not picture a final three when the when it became Deshaun and Erica and Xander and Heather. I did not picture a final three that Heather was not in. I agree. Yeah. Because I also was thinking from just like a game standpoint that 
anybody would bring her for the pure fact that they're probably just going to get all the votes if she's there and it would just be between whoever else is there and maybe um, we're basing this on a, a the the edited version we saw maybe she was a powerhouse out there but we just did not see that i mean she definitely wasn't right. in the challenges but i also would have liked to heard more of her gameplay so from a tribal standpoint that would have been interesting it's day 26 it's the last sunrise the shortest season ever is about to come to an end Xander notes that it's the hardest season of Survivor. He thinks that he's lost 20 or 30 pounds, and he says that his arm used to be muscle. He says this as he shows us his, wait for it, muscle. <laughs> this kid, this kid, what, what was it before if that's not muscle? He hit puberty. Xander's... Yeah, Xander says his story is an underdog story. He was on the bottom and he got himself there. He had an advantage and found an idol. He was without a vote until the merge. He won two immunity challenges. He decided who went to the finals with him. He made Jeff laugh. He cried and apparently that was on his survivor bucket list. Come on, look at that resume. (laughs) Erica and her purple hair say they have played a hell of a game. She was underestimated as a lion dressed as a lamb and if I hear that phrase one more time I'm going to scream. Now she has to show everyone that she has teeth and what it takes to win. She won two challenges. She flipped the game and she created the alliance that dominated the end game. The biggest threat to her went home. Now it's time for the Canadian citizen Filipino immigrant to take off that lamb costume and win. And finally, Deshaun feels good at what he was able to do. He didn't just survive. He thrives. Totally. He says he says his social skills got there and his journey taught him about himself. He didn't win immunity or find advantages, but he worked his ass off to be there. Winning the game would be epic as the money would change his life. There are no goats in the final three and everyone can win the million dollars. This was my moment where I was like, he's definitely not winning. Like, how could you vote for him? Agreed. I mean, I think the one like vote that he did get was a sympathy vote anyway. Right. All right. The finalists take their seats at the final tribal council. Here we are, last day of Survivor 41. Was this the final three you would have seen when the cast was announced in September? No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. One of three, two of three, any of them? Honestly, no. None of the three. None of them said Xander. in the end for me. I said Xander mostly because I wanted him on my screen as long as humanly possible. So I got one. <laughs> I didn't think Xander... I this far based on the way that the edit had been going thus far i thought the final three would be evie shan and possibly uh liana or danny just based on the way that the show had been edited at that point but i mean i'm glad that it was a shock and surprise that it wasn't the three that i thought it would be but i would have rather it have been those three (laughs) fair well, Jeff reminds them it's time to claim their victory as a group of people they help vote out will determine who wins. They will interrogate them, so make their million-dollar vote. Time to prove why they should be the sole survivor. Jeff, Jeff sets the Q&A off for Evie. They say huge congrats to all three of them. They should be proud to be sitting there. They also note the beautiful diversity that brought the cast together, and this is a beautiful final three that reflects that. Even you, Xander, need that token straight white guy up there. Um, they go on to say on the flip side is that each of them is up against two people who can get some votes. So Danny is going to reveal that everyone knows he's a professional athlete and he wants to hear their game plan pregame and how they adopt adapted it. Xander 
says going into the game uh, that fans want to play a Tony style game or a Spencer style game. And I was like, those are the two you're going to pull out Tony and Spencer. <laughs> okay. Um, he wanted to play a Xander kind of game and take big risks. He says in quarter one that his background in athletics, he knew team dynamic was strong and he wanted to be the workhorse for the tribe. In quarter two, they were down in numbers and everyone knew about the idol because of the silly phrase things. He was a lone soldier. He marketed himself as a number and the big alliance crumbled and he went to go with Ricard. And third quarter, he used Ricard as a shield. He turned him in eventually and, as, and he had his idol. Okay, I think this was a, a, a. If you're trying to pull Danny to get your vote, you're gonna pull the football references in there. Does this mean Xander knew he was a football player? Um, I don't think I don't get that vibe. So he's just unless got lucky with the had, right. Um, unless he'd had some kind of conversation with Deshaun after Danny left, I don't feel yeah. like he knew specifically what sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I thought that he laid out his game very well. I feel like yeah. he should have played up more of the aspect of being without a vote for so long and still mm-hmm. managing to survive for that long, even going to tribal council without a vote. Like, Absolutely. But he didn't play that up enough, I don't feel like. Well, Nasir is going to jump in to remind the jury that Xander stepped forward to get the tribe rice as well as swap spots with Erica. And he says that his social aspect, that was his social aspect of the game. He reveals that one day he was thinking about his family and one day Xander just came to him and said, if he ever needed to come up and hug it out, he could. He says that he has a very kind heart. What a sweet kid. He's such an angel. (laughs) All right. Deshaun's game plan was a fan of Survivor, so he made his social game plan his backbone. The first quarter of his game was about building relationships. In the second quarter, he found out he was on the block and he was a huge threat. He's sitting there because of his relationships from the first half and believes he was the glue that held the votes together. He says that he kept camaraderie alive and shutting down negativity. Deshaun, can you spell delusional? In the last quarter, shutting, uh, he claims he was the social capital and that's how he got to the end. Mm. Oh. Okay. Like it. Okay. That I don't know, it didn't make any sense. And then Shan totally calls him out for being, I forget the term she uses. Well, first we have Ricard who's great gonna raise his hand because he wants to interject something in regards to Deshaun keeping everyone together. He says that sounds nice, but can Deshaun explain why on the first day of the merge he pulled everyone aside that Erica should go, Sydney should leave, so Danny doesn't know what he to do with his game, and that he didn't have a deep connection with Heather and was just being nice to her. So how does that tie into what he just said? And Deshaun will say he really respects this question, but he says it's not true. He says he did see Erica as a threat. He did say that Danny didn't have much of a game and wanted to play it slow, but his truest intention was never really wanting Danny out of the game or Heather, but Erica, eh, he kind of did. He says if he did say all those things, he apologizes. So what's the heat tea here? Do we buy his bullshit or is he just talking out of his ass once again? I think he's talking out of his ass. I mean, yeah, I don't think Ricard would have made that up. Like it was pretty uh, specific for that to be all fake Mm -hmm. news Mm -hmm. now erica answers the question and says that she had expectations on how she would come in she'd be a sweet lamb at the bottom of majority alliance vote with them and then slowly work her way up the blessing and curse of luvu was they didn't vote but relationships shifted 
Her and Heather came as the unlikely duo who decided to kick ass at the merge. She didn't even go to the merge, but lived alone on exile. She flips the game and noticed the opportunity with the bottom. She socially sowed the seeds with them and she is reaping her harvest. She says she may not have noticed aside, that they may not have noticed aside from Shan. And that's why she wanted to take out Shan. In the majority alliance, she saw herself set up with the allies in the final five to be in the final three, no matter what, no matter who it was. I mean, fine. It was she wasn't very specific, but I think she laid it out pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think with the opening statement, she kept it pretty vague, but then went into more detail with more of the questions that came out. Yeah, because I kind of tell like took this question as like the opening statements from each of them rather mm -hmm. than them actually giving opening statements. Ricard will tell Erica that she has a really fantastic game that he adores and trusts her. What was unfortunate is she lacked that social connection with the rest of the jury. He says that there's something to say about having a relationship with everybody like Deshaun did, as it was easier for him to betray everyone. And Deshaun was not happy about that comment. So, Shade she, button. right? So, <laughs> did she choose to have relationships with certain individuals? She says it drives her crazy that the perception is you have to have strong ties with everyone, but having a strong command of the social game is knowing where you stand and what you have to offer. She knows that she's better at one-on-one -on -one connections and smaller con and smaller groups. She can be best friends with all of them down the line. Hit her up on FaceTime. But what what did you think of this comment here? Because she's continuing to say a big part of her social game was her relationship with Heather. Heather was not just a vote. The duo worked together. The truth bomb tried to split them up, but they um, were still able to make it top four. So was Heather her main relationship here, and and she didn't focus on anyone else? It seems that way. I mean, it's hard to tell from the way things are edited. Just Erica's game in general was, I feel, vague. And the pieces we got were specific to advantages or um, like when she went to Exile Island. So I, it's hard to gauge and really get the full picture, at least from my angle on it. Yeah, I think Heather was like her BFF. And I do think Heather was just a vote for her. I think Heather just did as she was told and just was her little goat that she dragged to the end. Um, I do think she had decent social connections with a few others, but she wasn't like a social butterfly type of player by any means, right? I didn't see her as that. So was it a good social game or was it an adequate social game with good strategy? I mean, it proved that she didn't need to have mm -hmm. all of those extra relationships to get to the end. And this is a season of people who are all super fans of the game so they're going to respect the way that anyone gets to the end, regardless of if they have this close knit relationship with them. Now, I want to, I, I mean, obviously I'm going to jump ahead here, but were they votes for Erica or votes against Deshaun? I think um, the majority of the votes she received were votes for her. Same. I think Shan's vote might've been a vote against Deshaun. Um, cause I don't think she saw Erica as the caliber of player that Shan sees herself as. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that might've been one that was a vote against Deshaun, but I think the rest of them were probably. I mean, I think if it was Danny and not Deshaun, Shan may have voted for Danny, but I think once we had that uh, moment with, uh, Shan and Ricard, um, and uh, uh, Shan saying, well, it could be a woman to win in 2021. I think that was the moment where we're like, she's going, if, if it's not 
Liana or if it's not Danny, it's going to be a woman. Like, no matter who. Like, if it was Deshaun, Heather, and Xander, I'm sure she would have probably voted for Heather and I would have thrown up a little bit. Um, but I think she she had a bit of an agenda there, which is not a bad thing. Do we think that if Heather was in the final three instead of Erica, that Erica would have voted for Heather? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. Which like speaks to the point about her being a vote, what you were saying. Yeah. All right. Tiffany asked Xander what her his perception was with Yasa going into the merge and how did that speak to his overall social game? He says going into the merge, he was going to look like someone who looked like a Nazi type, but that they don't make it far. They sang in the rain together. They had cute moments, but he wanted to keep them around and protect them, but it was detrimental to his game and his hands were tied. Liana's going to follow up by asking, was there a time he had a good read with his social awareness where he made a good move in the game? He says his social awareness and then pauses to which Liana's like, well, here's a good example is when you had your advantage and assumed I didn't know about it. So she used it to her advantage. She says during the Tiffany vote, he was fed different stories and that's how he was being duped. And that's how he knew to play his idol. That's called reading the room. Evie says that an amazing thing for his game was that he was able to hold on to his idol even though everyone knew about it. Was it luck or was it social game? Xander's going to say it was a mixture of both. He wanted to play it paranoid because paranoid people play every option. He went into every tribal nervous, but his relationship with Ricard was strong. And when he said play your idol, he meant that people were voting for him, but he knew the chaos of tribal, they wouldn't have the unity to take him out. Interesting. Do you I think, think it- I... I don't- I didn't read that in the moment. Yeah, no, I think it was very much luck. I don't think he was socially doing anything in maybe the first tribal that people realized he had the idol. But shortly thereafter, I think he was just getting lucky that there were bigger threats and other conversations that, you know, distracted from the fact he still had it. Well, Ricard says he and Xander had a solid friendship and he's never had a bromance before. He can attempt to getting past getting past being voted out on strategic light but what doesn't make sense is keeping erica there ricard's gonna say people are gonna ask about the fire making decision so he wants to know was he lying to him or was their relationship real xander says he loves people and their relationship was real so xander tells ricard that he would have won against anyone so why keep erica he was under the impression that erica wasn't the biggest strategic threat based on what deshaun said and the jury's reaction to it this could be a fallacy in his game, and he is willing to admit that. So Heather's going to be like, I told you, Xander, that Erica was the only one who could take away your game, and yet you still chose her to take with you. Explain. He says that she is someone who is very strategic, and but he feels she, he has an edge because he, was more wholesome, he had a more wholesome game. He didn't give her the opportunity to beat someone in fire because if she beat someone in fire, that would have tipped the balance in her favor. And the re- jury's reaction was like, oh, well, okay, good point, finally. Now, now you're starting to sound actually decent, Xander. Did he make it clear enough, or did he need to make this point earlier in this um, question and answer? I mean, I think him cluing them in there, he needed to do it earlier because there was the, oper- the possibility that they weren't going to ask about that decision. And it was a big thing for laying out his game. Um, if you like, cause if you think about it, the two of them had almost identical track records going in because they both won two individual immunity challenges. In fact, they actually won the same challenge 
mm-hmm. and shared an immunity. And then she had the advantage that flipped the game and he had a hidden immunity idol. So I kind of I kind of put them on the same level. And that's really what they had to talk about because they were in the same alliance at the very end. And it's what got them as far as it did. So I feel like he needed to talk about it sooner, but it's good that it did come out. Otherwise it would have just negated his entire game. Yeah, I think his like, for like a sports reference, his fumbling the ball moment was Liana's question. And I think from that point on, he was just like slowly going downhill and then like this redeemed him a little bit. But again, too little too late. Hey Alexa, play JoJo for me. Because <laughs> what I because what I really wanted him to do when Liana pitched that question to him, I wanted him to pull a petty moment and be like, well, when I duped you into wasting your advantage on me, because I knew from everyone around me that you were going to try to steal my idol. Like that to me was a social awareness moment yeah. that he yeah, didn't that touch on at all. All sure. right, it's Shan's and I turn. felt like that's what she was doing was pitching him that moment to mm-hmm. give him the opportunity to do it. Absolutely, to take it. So she fed him something else. Shan's turn. She's going to say to Deshaun that he listed some moves, but it felt like temper tantrums. And while emotions are powerful, she felt like at every turn where he had an emotional breakdown, she had to come to him to figure out how to talk to him. She says every time he would lock them in with the social movement for the real world, but she felt that hijacked her emotionally. It's important to know what happened. Was he capitalizing a social movement or was he serious? Deshaun's going to say that he doesn't care. Give him third. He will never sell out his people. He says he has to accept the fact that it was perceived that he had temper tantrums and salt, but he wore his heart on his sleeves, but he's young and he has a lot to learn. He says it does hurt his heart that it would be considered he, that he was using the social movement, but he understands how she feels. He says they have a very personal relationship and that's why he was so emotional he was hurting, and all he can do is apologize. Did Shan buy this? I don't think so. I don't know. Their relationship's such a weird, hard to like figure out situation for me. So I'm not sure if she bought it or not. I don't think so because I feel like maybe they're friends now and their dynamic outside of the game can be totally different when you separate everything. But I feel like there's still the like that, like basically montage of all the moments they shared together, good, bad, that played over while he was saying that, that I feel like factored into the way she voted, which is why I don't feel like she bought it. Um, Because I don't think, I don't know. My understanding is she didn't come into tribal ready to vote for Erica. I feel like she was probably very much undecided. So that being said, I feel like it could have swayed her, but I, I think since she didn't buy it, it was sort of a nail in the coffin. Danny is going to address Erica and says she is a competitor. She did amazing in the challenges. She allowed people to underestimate her and not let people see she's what she's capable of doing. She says the reality is she's been in the boardrooms being treated like an intern, but she's always running the meetings. She was always on the right side of the vote and she knew she would be a dark horse. Danny envies her because she played the game he wanted to play. And Liana has one final question for Xander. Do you have an idol? <laughs> Cue the laughter. What a great way to end the jury speeches. Do you miss the time when we'd actually get jury speeches as opposed to this open forum? So much. Like, so much. Like, I just, one of my favorite ones is... Um, Reed Kelly? 
Yes, that's what I was going to say. Reed, he was so funny with Missy and like just moments like that were just, yeah, we really lost it. And even this, like the way they did the jury was weird too because in the past few seasons, it's been like, okay, let's talk about Outwit. Let's talk about Outplay. Let's talk about Outlast. This almost to me felt like the jury roundtable for Big Brother in a way, like the way they were kind Mm. of chatting. I don't know. It just felt really different and really weird. And I wish we could have like, gone back to you know the each juror having an opportunity to speak one-on-one and yeah this was group therapy this just did not work for me this was not a QA. this was not their chance to sell their game this was just a culmination of how did you feel and like i i mean did nasir even really get to ask a question i don't think so not really no yeah. well but like, I, and even then evie didn't ask a question she just addressed them and told them great job and like right. this is cool like kind of moment like I felt like we were talking about I miss the days when it was each juror got one question that they could address to the final three or to the single person that they wanted to ask the question to to figure out what that choice in the game was or what this was or whatever and I just felt like this was very much like we're gonna all talk to each other the eight of us but we'll reference you but really the eight of us are all having this conversation and it just felt very strange. Now, if it, if you were playing the game and got to the point where that you would be able to do a jury speech of yourself, would you pull a Sue Hawk? Would you pull a Corinne Kaplan? Would you pull <laughs> a Reed Kelly? Would you read the house down and give a moment that future drag artists were going to use for their lip syncs in the future? <laughs> it would depend who was in the final for me yeah like that makes if sense. i was if it were people that i respected the way that they got there and as like a gameplay uh, like choice to get there if i was if i respected it then i would obviously award that but if it's somebody that's like played a game like deshaun who has basically blown up their own game constantly throughout the game and still managed to make it there, I don't respect that because you didn't do any moves that really got you there. You just made everybody hate you so that you were somebody that was an easy vote to get out at some point because nobody liked you. Yeah. I don't like that. (laughs) I feel like I would, if I was on the jury, I would want to try to set up the person that I was like championing um, with like a little like here's like a little softball smash it out of the park which maybe is what Liana tried to do with Sander and he obviously swung and missed wow I'm saying a lot of sports references tonight <laughs> so but I know oh my god I'm like ooh, uh, so <laughs> now in a hypothetical world Chad would you have an evil speech for Billy and Billy would you have an evil speech for Chad ooh the tea <laughs> I'm like, absolutely not. I wouldn't. I I don't think I would have one for chat either. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Trying to get the exclusive here, but keep watching. Survivor <laughs> Angelica. Um, there we go. There's your extra plug. All right. It's time for the jury of eight to cast their votes. Jeff returns and is like, for the first time since the first season, we're going to read the votes live in the island. And everyone's like, whoa, thanks, COVID. Um, it's seven one zero with seven votes for Erica, one for Deshaun, and Xander being the zero vote finalist. Literally, the second Erica is announced being the winner, Jeff breaks that fourth wall. The crew comes in, the lights come on, the after show is installed. 
That is TV magic. <laughs> I needed like a little more of a breath before that all happened. Same. I just feel like Erica Absolutely. got no time to like celebrate her win. It was like, mm. okay, Erica. And then it was just like all this movement and the things was, were so, right. Like, it she was got full on it. Truman show. It was full on <laughs> Truman show. <laughs> like react. Like it just felt, I felt like it was such like her edit, like it was the same as her edit. Like we didn't get to see it. We didn't even get to in, like enjoy her moment. And I just felt so bad for her that that happened. Yeah, I mean, even oh. Jeff like asking her a question and she's like asking the PA, like, can I get a slice of pizza? Like, why <laughs> starving? Like, let her have it for the whole pie for all she cares. L- listen, literally, Jeff brings in pizza and champagne. He's like, after 26 days, you haven't had any food. Let's get Liddy. Yeah, I I don't think pizza is the first thing I'd be asking for, especially this pizza. Yeah, it's not the pizza. Yeah, and I don't want champagne either. Like champagne's the last beverage I would choose. No, what I would be burping this entire after show. Mm, My acid reflux would be like lit. All right. Well, the (laughs) cast is eating and drinking, and there is pure chaos. This is the reunion show replacement. Um. Jeff is going to say that while it would have been fun to have the fans and family and lights and the hoopla, but what is missing is the immediacy and the truth. Why could he not just admit that we're doing this because of COVID and we didn't want another Zoom reunion? Honestly, I think it was because in the in the moment when filming, obviously they didn't know where the world was going to be sure. with COVID. So they were like, we're going to go ahead and take the precaution and do it and maybe COVID won't be a thing. So we just won't mention it. But because we're in the world that we're in with COVID, then they just didn't dub it in. But he literally said about it. his reasoning is because of missing the immediacy and the truth. He said it was not COVID. It was because of that. And that's what pissed me off because I, 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 well, I can see through it. It's for those future generations that are playing the game within a game so that when they come back and rewatch this episode, they don't They'll think, never know oh, COVID this was real. during COVID. Exactly. <laughs> That's what that was for. Listen, at this rate, COVID's never leaving us, so. Yeah. COVID, the herpes of viruses. Um, Jeff starts with Erica, and he says that the theme of her being underestimated is a skill. How much did she know that she could count on that in the game? She tells us that it happens even when she travels. She gets asked if she's an unaccompanied minor. And it's like, okay, does she really look that young in person? Um, But she also brought in no ego and she allowed Heather to talk to the people. So she didn't need all the credit. She knew the path to the end didn't need to be pretty. She just needed to get there. So Jeff's going to reveal to the cast that he delivered the twist to Erica on Exile. And he recalls that she said it was tough and she kept trying to get fire. And he says that he saw a different person than he saw the first half of the game. She says Exile was her turning point in the game. She had a breakdown two days prior, but she didn't know how she could get to the cre- get the cred to win the game if they didn't vote anyone out. She looked at fire that took her two hours to build. And Xander Buddy, looking at you, you fucked that one up. And knew she could have had a hero moment to get to the end. So are we going to now hear from Jeff being like, that twist was so important. Otherwise, Erica never would have won. I mean, I Jeff. Mean, I like, we, yeah, I think we get that kind of with the edit because that episode where she is sent to exile 
everyone's talking about how she's the easy vote out when it comes when she comes back. So her having the opportunity to flip the game and become safe was what saved her and escalated like the trajectory to get her to the end, or at least that's how it was edited. Right. That was like her turning point in the game. And I don't know, like in Jeff's like interviews, he, he doesn't shit on Erica, but he's kind of like talking about how, you know, you can't necessarily win the game in the, the, at the final five, but you can definitely lose the game at the final five. Like he made that comment, which to me is Xander taking Erica um, through the fire. And he, I don't know, just him saying that, like, I think he was rooting for Xander to win. Like, I think he really- Oh, fully. Yeah. Oh, fully. Now, and I think that's why he was trying to lead Xander with the whole idol thing about trying to play it for Ricard. I know he that's what he was doing there. Um, is this going to be now the trend of everyone going on to play Survivor and wanting to make big moves because Jeff loves big moves and it's going to clearly make a difference when it comes to twists? Are we going to go through that era again? I think it's very possible, especially with all these like crazy advantages because they're all coming for 42. Like it's the exact same stuff. It's all we'll get there. We're going to talk about that preview. (laughs) Vander is told he's young and the jury said he had social awareness, but he was not seeing it. So what was his take? He says he was appreciative of the experience and he didn't want it to be easy. He wanted to struggle and get the experience. He is proud, but not getting any votes. He didn't see how much people respected Erica's game. He will grow from this and learn. Xander says he learned that the only limits you have in the world are the ones you place on yourself. Where did he read that? On on one of those like signs (laughs) you get at um, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond or Max? Or like a fortune cookie. For sure. Something that's hanging up in his mom's house. Definitely. He got it for his mom uh, for Christmas. <laughs> All right. Deshaun's story was being temperamental, and he said he was surprised about this and thinks he had a skewed perception of himself. But it is all documented. Everything's been recorded. He knows if multiple people told him that, something must be there and there must be truth in it. He's got some room to grow. Jeff says that Deshaun's turning point was the fire-making challenge. He says that he never looked at her flame. Jeff says it represented a lot to him. Deshaun knew how he was in the bottom and the fire was his last opportunity to do or die part two. Jeff's going to say that the things that made this season unique is the 26 days. He said this offset the 26 days by giving them no food and having lots of twists. Did it still make it feel like a full season? I mean, if you're, you're starving for that length of time, like, yes, for them, absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we played full seasons in days. So (laughs) I was like, you can feel like a full season in a very short amount of time. Did you get to eat? No. (laughs) Yeah, we did. It was three days. We were given very little food. (laughs) If you watch episode four, you can see Chad eating peanut butter out of a um, little to-go pack for like a very long time. He was savoring it. So Dan, maybe you shouldn't play. You get hangry, and I don't want I don't want people to yeah, get hurt. Yeah, that would be my my thing. Would be the like the mental that comes with the physical. Mm-hmm. They discussed the beware advantages. Xander said he had no hesitations about opening the advantage. Shan said she did have hesitations. She had the information about it, but it was when someone 
who thought she was their number one, share a lot of information with her. She knew that this was what it was without having to open it. We get the montage of Jeannie and the Idol with Shan's theme song playing underneath. And you know what? I don't care what anyone says. That's the mark of a legend. Um, I really hope Shan's theme song goes through next season 42 and forever. I want Shan's theme song to be part of Survivor. <laughs> it was. Cute. I'm not going to lie. I hope that right after they finished filming on 41, when they called rap on that last thing with the whole cast, that Jeff went over to Shan and said, can you stick around and do 42? Right. Because I would love for her, she's one of the players that I'm like, she's like a Michaela for me. Michaela is my like number one. I live for Michaela. And I like, she got the raw end of that season. Honestly, she was the only one that really could have won in my eyes. Fear had to memorize the phrase about being as confused as a goat on AstroTurf, and it took him 50 to 60 times to memorize it as English is not his first language. Now, Nasir thinks that the phrase is, he learned on Survivor is a real thing, and I hope he incorporates it into his everyday life. <laughs> I'm just wanting them to make like some kind of merch that just says it. <laughs> right? That's the moment for him. Danny has merch, so I can't miss here. So the discussion is going to turn to Tiffany and the Night Sneak, and Jeff calls it a mission impossible. Tiffany says that Xander didn't know about the advantage, and he, coming back was hard because it was going to rain, and she was worried Xander would wake up. She said it was super stressful, and that is all we're going to hear from Tiffany in this episode. Thank you, Tiffany, for playing. Goodbye. Hmm. Girl, it's, I love Tiffany. It's time to talk to Evie and one of the biggest moves of the season, Liana and the knowledge is power. So Shan accidentally revealed to Tiffany who told them that Liana had the advantage. Liana was compelled to tell them and reading how the advantage worked, knew how to make it work against Liana. Evie says that Yasa had a shorthand. They quickly moved the idol down Tiffany's bra. Liana walked up as Xander shoved the fake in his crotch. The timing was perfect and Liana felt she walked in on Xander putting the real idol in his pants and Xander just acted the hell out of it. So does that mean that that was Xander's audition for the Bold and the Beautiful and he will be on starting next year? Oh my god! <laughs> Listen, the amount of Big Brother players who have no, it's true. A cameo. Yeah. He's, he's pretty. Got he's got the hair for it too. No, I feel like we're gonna see Xander again on the challenge on MTV. Yeah, fully. Oh, fully. Yeah. I mean, I'm here for it. Xander says the game is such a rush having to formulate a plan based on information that he doesn't even know is true or not, and he has to know if he's trusting these people or not. Liana was ready to make the big move. She was feeling it as being a really big deal to get the advantage. She apparently told Shan that they already moved it. So I guess we're going to blame Shan now for that, for her fail. Cause she, she like, what are we doing? I, I, I think I'm the only one here who didn't love Liana. No, I go back and forth with her because the last time when we talked, I was very much on the Liana train, but mm -hmm. then she just kept making all of these moves that didn't make sense for the long game that yeah. I was just like completely baffled by well, and she like says been it, fumbling that. Yeah, she says it blew up in her face, but it was still one of her proudest moments in her in the game because she had a response to it where she fell on her face, but as a pessimist, she didn't know how to talk to these people, but the voices in her head said it's okay to fail. Leaving this game, she is reborn into a totally new person who wants to fail. If the voices in my head said I, it's okay to fail, I think I would call my therapist and be like, what do I do? Can you help me, please? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we are back. Well, Jeff's going to ask for a slice of pizza, and I wish they showed it on screen of him eating the actual pizza because, again, we know from survivors firsthand say that Fiji pizza is crap. Right. Oh, I'm sure it is. I need him to admit it. Well, we're back, and Jeff asked Nasir what it's like to live with these people in a real jungle, and Survivor was his dream for 10 years, so he's enjoyed it and appreciated every moment. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. He utilized the island like no other castaway before, which I ask, why didn't we get to see that part of it? Did it just not work for the overall story story arc? I think that could be what it is. I mean, um, the editing was like... like pretty much the primary means of how he saw everything so i feel like if it didn't work for the editing it just wasn't in it regardless of what it may have done for the story so basically if you're not attached to the winner of the season you should just think you're going to be not seen but then you have heather and you're like she was attached to the winner and she's still not seen it's like how do you even play this game to get airtime didn't you tell me, Billy, that you saw, like, I don't know if it's the same interview or whatnot, but that Heather had mentioned she called the yeah. casting director? Heather called Jesse and was like, did I do something wrong? Like, what's going on? And he was like, no, you know, everybody loved you, but we just focused more on the advantages um, for the season, which it's like, okay, you can still focus on the advantages, but like, show this woman who's gonna get fourth place. Like, right. I don't know. <sighs> Nasir lives in Sri Lanka, and this brought him back to his childhood. He achieved his dream even though he didn't win. He's there to inspire kids who live in poverty. His message is never give up on your dreams. No matter where you live or the culture around you, you can achieve your dream. I think that was hanging up in Xander's mom's kitchen also. (laughs) Evie describes the experience that they entered the game fully grown with a lot of confidence, but they didn't expect to win a reward or immunity challenge, and it was a life-changing experience. They are stubborn. If you think you can't grow, this place shows you you can. Ricard is still working through the vote out. He thought his journey was him winning. Even though the end point was disappointing, it was bigger and more intense and beautiful, and he's still proud of himself. He and Shan did awesome. He did awesome. He is amazed what he is capable of. Danny got something different. He came out wanting to compete and win, but he found out he had a 25-year-old demon that needed to be released. He should have said he had an inner saboteur, and then we would have gone full drag race here. Crossover, were you looking for? Jeff asked to share it, and Danny reveals that his dad passed away when he was eight, and he was always upset of people with dads and why his dad couldn't make it. It was hard being out there on the anniversary, but the people out there kept him laughing. He added his dad to the I want to make you proud list. Danny got everything he needed out of this experience. Now, Jeff is going to reveal that some man named Stu made the pizza. Where's Stu? I need to have a word with him. Come on the podcast. I need to know the recipe and why everyone hates your pizza. Stu, if you're listening. Stu Pickles. (laughs) Stu Pickles. All right. Evie opens up the conversation about age and how they were guilty of it with the two 20-year-olds on their tribe. Oh, and there, there were two older women who were targeted as weak, but they that defied being there. They say the youngest ones were some of the most mature and the older women were the toughest out there. Evie will also say Tiffany and Heather are in their later days. <laughs> now, I, I would assume that Tiffany is pretty close to Evie, at least in Ponderosa at this time. I, if I were Tiffany, I would have smacked them in the face and be like, later days? Are you planning my funeral? Yeah. Heather, for the record, is Heather for the record is fifty-two. 
um inside she feels like she's 28 and i was like what 28 year old sucks this bad at survivor t <laughs> well jeff says the season is over but they're going to celebrate with more champagne and pizza this is what they do after the season anyway but jeff's also going to admit that he stole the drop the four and keep the one and repurposed it what else is jeff going to steal I mean, as with all of the different twists and things that we saw this one, I wouldn't be shocked if we, I kind of expected there to be more tribe shakeups in this one than there were. Um, but I feel like we'll go back to that, maybe not next season, because I feel like we're going to get almost a cookie cutter of yeah. all of the advantages from this season. But um, I do think they will shake up the tribes a bit more they'll do a bit like it's just it's interesting it's i don't know where it's gonna go but they also like the the quote the beware advantage quote idols like that can't go beyond 42 like there's no way they can use that again because everybody's gonna know what's going on nobody's gonna open a beware advantage that's because they're gonna be like wow this is absurd i lose my vote until two other people say these fucking stupid quotes like Although, if they really are turning over to season 42 right after they wrap 41, everybody that's in 42 is sequestered, so they're not actively going to know. Yeah, 42 has the exact right. same. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. Four, so you're talking four, about 43 like, and beyond. Or, yeah. So we are going to get a glimpse of Survivor 42. First off, can we please call it something better? Survivor 42 is stupid. Um, also, is there anyone you're looking forward to? I know we didn't get anyone's names, but the names are out there. Um any of those characters seem interesting and any of them do you think are going to be in our final contender list? Honestly, I haven't looked at any of it. I didn't watch all the way to the end to see the preview for 42. I just know that it's going to be almost identical to 41 as far as like the advantages. Oh, and so much whatnot. so we get to hear one of the phrases that they're going to be using. This one involves a pig. Pig oh, skin. Oh God. I missed that. Yeah, go back. It's about pigskin. Interesting. I will say that I'm not excited to see somebody on there. Um, Anti-vax Tori is... Yes, um, that is what I've heard. Uh, someone who knows her very well will be on the podcast to shade her. I'm very excited. Uh, Isaac Butler will be back. Um, yeah, apparently she's a nightmare. Yeah, she um, she played Sequester. I don't know if anybody's watched that, but um, yeah, she's like hardcore anti-vax, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure you had to get vaccinations to go to Fiji, but okay. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait for everyone to call her out for that one, but yeah, I, I mean, 42, it, some of the people did seem very interesting. I think um, that one black lady with the big reaction, she, she, she seems fun. Yeah, um, it looks very diverse again, which is nice. Yeah, it has to be. You gotta be. All right, let's do some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Y'all ready? Sure. Yeah. Is this a new era of Survivor or are we just having a new evolution? It's just like, I feel like with the way the edit was and all these advantages, like I don't want it to be a new era. Like I don't want it to stick around like this because to me, like new era means like this is how it's going to be moving forward. I'm hoping we're just hitting like a little blip for two seasons and then things kind of like fandom attacks and then we trickle back to what we used to have that's my hope but i don't know 
Right. I'm really hoping that it's also just an evolution, not necessarily that we're going to be sticking to all of these advantages and having all of these different things. Because it was when when hidden immunity idols were introduced, that was like this groundbreaking thing. And it almost became too powerful to use in the game. And now these advantages are getting the same kind of power and it's just too much. Like it, it doesn't keep the playing field as even having all of this stuff. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's something that they can use as a marketing ploy too, is to, you know, do these really heavy advantage seasons. And then suddenly there's like a back to basics one, or we're going back to our roots and then you get people back invigorated and excited. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting um, because I think there there are definitely elements here that worked. There are definitely elements that the audience did not react well to. No matter what, they're going to be present for 42. So I think they re- they really have to do the homework and 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 figure out what did work and what didn't work because if you keep something around for too long, the fans will revolt. Um, how how long did Redemption Island stick around before the fans were like, okay, enough, we're done with this shit? Um, so. Jeff's gotta have gonna have to start listening again. Uh, even though he got he got all his all of his ideas from his idea board out on this season. Let's cool it down. You, you got your show back. Let's 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 go back to how things were as a good show. My next question. I want to limit it to three each, but who will be on a future all-star season from this cast? From from this cast. Dan, let's start with you. My first one is Voce. Um, cause I feel like, Who? He, but see, I, but I feel, All-stars? I just feel like he had the mindset that if he was back in there would do very well. Like remember your dad in the fantasy league picked him because he yeah. just seemed like he was going to think seven steps ahead. Um, so I, I mean, controversial opinion for sure, but I would say him, um, Ricard and Xander for sure. Just cause Jeff loves them. Really? I would say Shan is like a shoe in for sure. Um, Xander is a shoe in for sure. And then I kind of see them wanting to bring Danny back. I don't think he had like a, enough time to like really develop his his full game. So I would say those three. Yeah. I would say Evie because they'd want someone who had the very strategic mind who was really good at puzzles that didn't get placed with the luck of the draw as far as being on a tribe that was winning a lot. So they would throw her back in so that she had the chance to possibly play the game a little further. Shan, for sure, because she's good TV. She gives them what they need and she's good at the game. Um, And then I would say Ricard. I'm going to go with Shan. It's the obvious one there. Um, I'm also going to go with Xander because there's clearly a love there that Jeff has and he loves the growth arc. Um, I'm also going to go with Tiffany because they need to fill that old lady quota and she was good TV and was really good at the game. And I think they're going to bring her back to, to play because they, they need that slot filled. And in, in recent years, yeah, they're having some, um, uh, players uh, that were pretty good that were the older lady archetype but um i feel like that covid break really hurt the momentum and i think tiffany's going to take that spot right now 
Yeah, I can see that. See. I, I mean, I, I really like Tiffany too. So I, from her initial introduction on the show and her talking about like literally being asked the day before to fly out, like she jumped in with the least amount of mental preparation and yeah. still was able to navigate to getting to the jury. So she did great. Okay, so Jeff didn't ask it. I'm pissed that he didn't ask it. I want to know what you think the vote breakdown would have been if Xander brought Heather instead of Erica. I think Xander... And and we're thinking in that scenario that Erica is out entirely, that Deshaun still won fire? Yes, because Jeff rigged it, yes. (laughs) Great. Um... I think Zan, yeah, I think Zan. I, he, he gets the Yasa votes. He gets Tiffany. He gets Evie. He gets Liana. Um, I think he gets Erica. Danny, I don't know. I think he gets Ricard. Yeah, he well. definitely gets Ricard. Yeah, he gets Ricard. Yeah, he. I, I think he wins probably at least six. I don't think, I think Danny was going to vote for Deshaun. I think in that scenario, it would have been three votes for Deshaun from uh, Liana, Shan and Danny, because I don't think they wanted a white person to win. I just don't think they would have allowed that to happen after everything. So I think they would have given those votes to Deshaun, but I think you're right. Everyone else would have gone to Xander. Now, Let's do the other scenario where it's Xander, Erica, and Heather. I don't think Heather gets any votes. I think it's the same. I don't either. Does Xander get any votes? Maybe he gets Deshaun's. <laughs> and maybe Danny's. Yeah. And maybe Danny's, but I don't think that he, I don't think he wins against Erica. No. So in the end, we're saying Xander made the wrong move. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Very fair. Yeah, I mean, right, I don't, I, yeah, like, go ahead. like his his answering of the questions was lacking. So I think in all scenarios, he would have struggled maybe to really be a powerhouse at the end. But I think without Erica there, he definitely takes the cake. Well, we're gonna make this a double question. Go ahead. What do you want to say? Well, there there's two things that Erica didn't bring up in her final speeches that are kind of really huge milestones as far as like players in the game are concerned that she is now the 11th person to win who has never gotten a vote in tribal council prior to winning. There have only been 10 other people who've ever successfully made it to the end that have never gotten a vote. And she's only the 15th woman to win. So like these are huge milestones that she didn't get to touch on at all. Right. And I wish that she would have. Well, let's bring it up. Um, let's make it a double question. Where does Erica rank in the pantheon of winners? And where does the season rank in the scheme of 41 seasons? I think this cast was like top tier for me. I think like everybody came to play. I think the season was a little bit like, muddled from all the advantages but i think the gameplay if they had taken all these advantages out i think this would have been like top three seasons for me because this cast was so strategic and so like i mean except for heather really came to play um but because of the advantages thrown in it definitely like lowers it down 
um, the scale for me. I just loved this cast so much. Honestly, I wish they would have had the same kind of setup that Winners at War had because it would have shown more of a strategic gameplay from everyone. Plus it would have given that element of potentially someone who should have made it to the end, getting the opportunity to come back. But I, I feel like this season, because of all of the advantages, it kind of lowered it where it could be placed on the tiers of like, is it as high as like a Pearl Islands or is it as high as like some of these other like huge games like Heroes versus Villains or any of the other crazy ones that we all love? Basically anyone with Suri. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree, agree with you both. I think that the, it was too much of the advantages, so it kind of tainted the, the whole experience. Yeah, I would put it probably somewhere between like 21 to 25. So like we're kind of right in the middle. And yeah. with Erica as a winner, I, I think this is going to be one of those things where you, we're going to have to go back and rewatch it and watch specifically for her because they're, they didn't show us the, the, the normal winner's edit which you have to say as a viewer, some, maybe it's appreciative that we didn't, we, it's not obvious, but it was so not obvious that it wasn't even present. And that's what got me. So I don't even know if Erica is in, in, in the top tier or middle tier. She, she feels like a bottom tier player just because she wasn't the star of the season whatsoever. Yeah, it wasn't as obvious um, of what she was doing and how. So I'd probably like, put it like lower middle. Yeah. And it, it's not like she didn't give things to the producers. She was talking to them. It wasn't like a Danny Boatwright situation where she's like, I'm not telling you what I'm doing. Um, but <laughs> but we, we revere Danny Boatwright. I don't know if we're going to revere Erica in the same light. There's just something about this season that she did not get the edit that I think she deserved if she really was as good as they were all saying. Yeah. I, and the jury spoke so highly of her that she had to have been doing stuff that we just didn't see. It'll be interesting to see the edit for 42, because if they're, you know, going to have the same amount of twists and it, you know, going into it is stylistically the same. If they edit the winner differently, that will be very telling. Um, especially like where this ranks as a season. Well, it was a fun season. We'll be back for survivor 42, but before then, where can we find you on social media, on Venmo, and any projects you have to plug that may exist because of the COVID or not because of COVID? I don't know what the hell's happening anymore. Well, you can continue to tune in to Survivor Angelica to see Billy and I play it out and do get out to try to win. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media? <laughs> Oh, um, you can find me at csap03 on Instagram or Twinkie Boots NYC. Billy. <laughs> um, I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. And it is Billy with three Y's, A-N-Z-Z-Z. But yes, tune into Survivor Angelica to see if me and Chad are arch nemesis or are we friends in the game? Are either of you on Cameo yet? Not yet. <laughs> TBD. I haven't, I haven't had those requests yet, so I'm waiting for the new year. All right, all right, all right. And Dan. <laughs> Last but not least, you can find me on Instagram at thedanman27. 
Yeah, I don't have anything fun to plug like I, I'm like uh, Billy and Chad. Well, that's okay. 2022 is right around the corner. I'm sure you'll have something fun to plug then. Our wedding, hopefully. Yay! Oh, all right. thank you. <laughs> well, it was so much fun having you all here to chat about this finale of 41. A huge thanks to Billy Dan and Chad for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at feedthemanow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.